Welcome to the Blue Sky Education Thinking Podcast with your hosts, Stephanie Mullins, Matt Simmons, and me, Kerry Ruffle. I think uh, opinions about um, experts come and go, but they remain a constant. You know, as, as we try to make uh, sense of the world, whether the societal challenges that we face, um, challenges for the economy, for climate change. You know, four or five years ago, uh, I think there were a lot of politicians that wanted to push those uh, export voices to one side, probably because it doesn't didn't suit the political narrative that they were pursuing. Um, but you know, the last four years and certainly at the last eight months with the pandemic, I think has seen a, a reversal of that, and the public uh, is now clamouring to have uh, expert voices in a sense of individuals that they can trust because uh, what they're sharing is based on science. In fact, how often have we heard this expression? Uh, listen to the science. Uh, I think business schools uh, are therefore an incredible source of that expertise. Um, and this is what journalists love. They want to employ voices of authority uh, and reason that is backed up by research and that expert uh, knowledge. Uh, I mean, new programs at a business school may uh, come and go, but I think expertise is the cornerstone of uh, uh, interaction with the media and, and it can reach across boundaries you know as we've discussed with uh, journalists from the wall street journal what a business school uh, observes about gender balance in the c-suite in norway uh, has implications for us or companies uh, around the world so uh, the age of the expert uh, i think will endure yeah matt i think you're absolutely right on that um like you say there's been there's been plenty of talk in the past of have we heard enough of experts are we exhausted of hearing all these differing voices but actually i think as as information from official sources whether that's politics whether that's companies becomes less and less clear there is always going to be that need for an informative third voice i think we're also in an age now where people appreciate clarity companies are being asked to be more um uh, I suppose, more upfront about their practices, what they do, who they are, how they perform. Um, we certainly appreciate truth from politicians, though we don't always get it. And I think the next generation are a lot more cynical. They're a lot more critical of what they hear. They don't take everything at face value. They want to hear from a third party, a different source, to clarify the information, to make sense of it, and then to form their own opinions. And business schools have so many different sets of expertise under their roofs whether it's climate change whether it's on the economy whether it's finance whether it's looking into ai in the future of tech so they really are the best placed institutions to be able to provide this source of information to the world so true and it's we're now coming to that word that everyone has grown part of unprecedented we're living in this world that really is unprecedented and we want to hear from experts now we want to understand what's going on in all those areas that you've outlined and we've seen schools across the globe really take advantage of this and understand that their experts really do hold the answers so in this edition of the blue sky education thinking podcast we're going to be addressing the age of the expert and how business schools can position their experts to best effect in the media Steph, who are we going to be hearing from today? So first up is our chat with Jonathan Simon and he's from the Telford School of Management at the University of Ottawa in Canada. Now, us in communications have seen just how much academic comment has been sought by journalists and editors during the pandemic. Jonathan, have you seen this at your institution? 
Yeah, I think there's a there's a rise of people trying for journalists and media trying to cover the story, and there's many different angles to the story. And so, uh, naturally, experts that live at universities and work at universities are being sought af after. I think um, this is just an extension of of what's we're kind of seeing around the world, where there's this sense, especially in North America, of this idea of, of, of fake news and fake media. And I think that media outlets, in order to continue to try to battle that and gain credibility, they turn to experts in universities uh, and colleges around the world who are seen as experts. Um, so their media is trying to lean on the experts of of universities which have not yet been discredited, hopefully that won't happen, um, to lend some credibility to their news stories. And, and this is being seen with COVID as well. Yeah. Definitely. I recently read a piece of research that asked journalists and, and editors who they trusted most and who readers trusted most from interviewees and academics were right at the top there. So obviously they hold such weight in the media and, and with readers and the public that they're, they're more important than maybe ever. Um, what sort of topics have you seen your academics being asked to speak about? Yeah, so I mean, I work at a, a business school. So some of the research and expertise that we have in-house that I've seen uh, journalists reach out to a lot around working from home, um, mm. finding the right work at home balance is a big one. So we have a thriving labs um, community of, of HR professionals and, and others that have been studying workaholics and, and things before the, the pandemic. And now, you know, there's, a, there's, yes, it's been great. There's been many positives about being stuck at home with COVID and more time with family, but I think a lot of people struggle with um, when, when to turn off the computer, when to turn off the phone and how to find a balance when work is always on uh, now and you're always accessible. So I think that's one uh, big one. And then I think on the finance side, obviously um, with how the markets or markets aren't reacting, how they are or they're not, it's a very strange time uh, where many people are, are wondering how the markets are reacting to news around COVID, around the world, whereas digital players um, are, are shooting through the roofs because everybody has to go digital. Um, so there's the finance aspect of it that media journalists are looking at. And then there's the marketing side. Again, um, companies that sort of started to ease into going to mobile, uh, digital, are, are now having to do it, are forced to do it. And I read some stats that said that you know we're now COVID has forced us to be five years ahead of where we need to be on e-commerce wow um, so, so this is just kind of blown this out of the water and these are great stories for journalists to write about but they need the academic backing uh to, to prove their points and luckily a lot of people and in institutions including mine have been studying these trends for many 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 years and so they are truly experts and now it's their time to shine. I totally agree. It's great to see how many business schools have been able to put forward these fantastic academics and offer really worthy, useful comments and tips for people who are trying to navigate a whole new world of working. It's had such an impact on, on working lives that the academics are so valuable right now for their insights and how they can help. Yeah. 
It's, it's also a weird time though, even though that universities are being sought after for these academics that are so uh, important, we are now faced with the first time of what's gonna happen with enrollments and what's gonna happen mm. with recruitment um, in an age of a pandemic where normally in down cycles in economy, education rises to the top because people are going back to school to do their MBAs and, and other schools and other, other programs. And now it's very interesting to see who will show up, who can show up, mm. um, who's decided that online learning is not for them um, because they were paying for the prestigious school and realizing now that uh, it, it all seems the same online, whether you go to Harvard or you go to you know, the Telfer School of Management, it, it looks the same. So um, it's an interesting time for the academics who have two roles, really. They, they focus on research and being experts, but then they also teach. And so we're, we're, we're going to find out in a, in a few short months mm -hmm. what that's going to look like. And it's very, very interesting. Totally. And I think it's the same situation for so many business schools. They're in this situation where they're not quite sure yet what the impact of the pandemic is really going to be in terms of student numbers and the impact in that respect. Um, but certainly, I imagine that helping your faculty and your experts get into the media really helps the business school's brand. Yeah, I mean, right now, you know, business schools before the pandemic were highly competitive. Now it's even more the case. And most business schools in most institutions are, are very popular with students wanting to take those types of courses versus maybe some other types of schools. So um, the competition's just gotten more fierce. And in order for your brand to stand out and, and make sure that you know what, what is different about you, um, the top business schools, the ones that are forward thinking, are continuing forward with their plan. They're not pausing um, because they know that they'll be that much further behind the other schools if they don't just continue on with their long-term vision, their long-term goals. We know the pandemic will end one day. We mm. know that this will happen. We don't know when. And those schools that decide to wait until it's over to start will probably be further behind the students that keep the, the schools that keep pushing forward um, with with their brand and what they're about and and at the same time if the schools can pivot and offer things that are related to digital and the way the business world is, mm -hmm. is moving in e-commerce um, they're going to be even farther ahead than than some of the slower schools that are willing to adopt uh, these new types of programs that students are demanding. Definitely. And it's it's funny that you say that because I was speaking to a marketing professor, actually, and we're quite lucky that we're in this situation where we can talk to academics about these things. But he was saying that now is the worst time to cut a budget, especially when you're looking at, at marketing and all these initiatives, because you want to make sure you're ahead and you're not pulling back when really you should be continuing onwards. Yeah, and that's that's it. Jonathan makes the most pertinent comment that it's been academic's time to shine. Steph, we've seen this across the team, haven't we? Yes, actually, Liv Nyberg, one of our fantastic PR consultants here at Blue Sky Education, has been speaking to us about some of the work she's been doing with academics at this time. Thank you for joining us today. I know we're speaking about the age of the expert. So can you tell us a little bit more about the work you've been doing with business schools and academics all over the world in this respect? Sure. As you said, the pandemic has really increased the need for expert opinion. And I think we've both seen over to how 
much the media as well as the public really want insights from these experts. Mm. Um, I think that is because it's such an unprecedented situation that we faced and none of us could have ever predicted that this would happen. And I think people really just want experts in the economy, in travel, in supply chain all of these areas just to kind of make sense of what's going on I think people are looking to people to kind of cure their confusion but yeah as you said we've had a lot of different scenarios where we've managed to secure some experts from some of our clients in the media because obviously from a business school perspective this is perfect because they have so many great faculty Mm. um, that can share their expert opinion so it's kind of a win-win situation really that they they get some excellent media coverage, but also the public are really wanting their opinion to kind of just give them reassurance on what's, what is actually going on at the moment. <laughs> Definitely. Experts are really in demand at the moment because it's yeah. such, like you say, it's such an unprecedented situation in a very strange world and we're all learning how to deal with it. And academics have insights that people really want to listen to. I mean, I think you have a couple of examples that you wanted to talk about today. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, as I said, experts have been giving their opinions on not only what is currently going on, but a few of our professors from the business schools we work with have also been able to give their predictions for the future and how they think that everything's going to pan out. Um, So a great example of this is a professor that we have from Neoma called Nicholas Belfort. And he basically gave three scenarios for what he thinks is going to happen to do with supply chain, to do with the economy, to do with tourism, to do with sustainability. And he basically gave his perspective on what he thinks the future is going to look like within the next few months. And that was with an, a digital publication called Open Access Government, which is very well read, not only by people within those sectors, but by the general public as well. So that not only shone Neoma Business School in a brilliant light but it also gave a lot of reassurance to the public as well who were interested to see how things were going to turn out within these sectors. Definitely totally agree and it's it's nice to see business schools and their faculty and their experts really helping people and providing advice in a way we have seen in the past but I don't think to such an extent. Mm, Definitely I mean as you said like the last few months we've just Although it's been so difficult, I think there's been a real surge in productivity amongst experts and there's been so much new research that has come out that we're really seeing a a need for it in the media and we've managed to secure, as you said, quite a lot of uh, media opportunities. And another great example of some media that we managed to secure um, was in Raconteur, uh, which also gets published in Sunday Times. And that was with a professor from ESCP Business School with um, Professor Terence Tay. Mm -hmm. And he gave his opinion on how artificial intelligence can be used within businesses to help them overcome the struggles throughout the pandemic and he kind of gave his technological perspective because at the moment we've become even more reliant on technology since this pandemic started and I think although people were using technology to a huge extent anyway since the pandemic we've we need it more than ever. We've needed it to work. We've needed it to communicate. We've needed it to educate ourselves of online learning. And mm. to have an expert that is so 
Pokey can talk about technology so well in such a great publication like the Sunday Times. I think that was brilliant for not only ESCP, but it was also great for businesses and people to get his insights on, on a topic that is definitely developing at the moment. Definitely. It's a win-win really, because the public really value his insights. And like you say, it's more important than perhaps ever to understand technology and how it can support us at the moment. But also it's such a great boost for the brand, for him himself and his personal profile. It's really great to see. And yeah. and you help a number of academics with this sort of exposure, don't you? I mean, you recently worked with a Cambridge professor. Yep. So really kind of similar to the last one it kind of leads into people wanting to learn more about the technology that we're using but we had a great article in Forbes for one of our professors at Cambridge Judge Business School which is obviously world-renowned and excellent mm -hmm. business school so any expert from there is going to people are going to really take note of what they have to say but this article in Forbes of really going into detail about how not only from a professional perspective, but from a personal perspective, how people can get to grips with using Zoom, like just like we're doing now, I think we've become used to it. But for a lot of people, it can be quite awkward, it can be quite stilted. And especially for managers having to manage remote teams, I think you always have people that are more confident than others. And managers need to learn how to deal with the people that find video conferencing a bit more tricky than other people so for Mark Durand the professor from Cambridge to give his tips and advice on a huge platform like Forbes on how to deal with sometimes some tricky conversations you might have to have over Zoom or how to make some people feel comfortable when they join their team call in the morning and it's on zoom so i mean i think a lot of people would have really benefited from hearing his advice i mean i know i definitely took some took, took some of it myself so <laughs> definitely so useful and such a wide audience i the amount of people who have used zoom for the first time in the past few months exactly. is just incredible and like you say, it's so useful and, and anything that we can learn to, to be better at these things is, is so valuable. And, and you really enjoy doing this sort of work, don't you? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, as I said, like it's been very difficult and I don't think it's over yet. But from what we've seen over the last months, all the, all the research that has come out, all the work that is going on, going into trying to make sense of, of this weird world that we live in at the moment, I think that it's it's again a, a lot of positives have come out of it as well as negatives so I agree and it's a good way to look at it moving forward and and seeking advice and help and being positive and and just seeing the, the good in the world and the good to come I I think that's wonderful thank you so much for sharing your insights with us it was great to hear from Liv about all the great work she's been doing with faculty, whether it's at Neoma or ESCP, and sharing those elements of faculty expertise in some really prestigious and well-read media. But of course, you know, every business school has a huge amount of faculty and there's a huge amount of business schools in the world. So competition to get your academic out into the world, to get them heard, is extremely fierce. And particularly when you consider that journalists are under far more pressure today than they've ever been before. Their inboxes are flooded with emails of offers from people who can offer a spokesperson. So with the best will in the world, it's not always enough for your professor to be 
an expert in finance or an expert in climate change. So I mean, what else can we offer to ensure that our school's faculty member can get in front of that journalist and make an impact? I think the key is to get the right journalist at the right time and we maintain those relationships with journalists and editors all over the world to make sure we're really answering their needs and we're answering what the public wants to hear. Ultimately we're providing that the answers and the expertise that is so valuable right now and you're right Kerry we have heard from in-house comm teams about oversaturation. Journalists are just having too much to deal with. I mean, Jonathan Moles went on sabbatical for a month and instead of going through his hundreds of emails when he came back, he rung Peter at Blue Sky to find out what's been going on, who can he speak to and get experts that way because really they get so many emails, it's about breaking through that noise effectively. Yeah, Steph, I think you're right. I think it's about understanding is about sending that quick email that answers very, very briefly who you can put to them for a comment and exactly what that person can offer. It's not enough to list their job title, but actually share a quick insight into their perspectives, their ideas, their expertise, their background to give a journalist a flavor of what they can expect to gain if they have spoken to that person. How can they add to the article they're putting together? And then to make the rest of it really clear, when are they available? How can you reach them? Um, what's their availability? All those things to make it as easy a job as possible. I think uh, that, that brings together a couple of uh, interesting aspects of all of this work um, and uh, the link between faculty and the media, as you said earlier, Kerry. Um, journalists are under tremendous pressure. They're trying to meet uh, deadlines uh, and include uh, multiple uh, voices, perhaps, in their articles for, for breadth. Uh, and yet the time that that takes. And so there's a relationship of trust uh, that can be uh, formed where they also want to know that the individual uh, that they're speaking to, not just an expert, an expert in the subject, but that can provide perhaps pithy, uh, succinct, to the point um, commentary that, that will actually work uh, in the body of an article. And I think, you know, working with uh, uh, the team at Blue Sky is a great example of uh, they're able uh, to approach you and say, I need somebody to comment on this and how you are then playing a very proactive role to identify not just that level of expertise, uh, but individuals uh, that they can then speak to, to capture that soundbite or something that's really a message. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It has to be an academic who knows how to speak in, in real terms to take away that the language that's put into research papers and the jargon and have somebody that can speak with a very clear voice about what is happening in a particular industry at the moment and what their expertise can provide so that it can be easily digested, easily understood and put into practice by those that are listening to it on a podcast or reading about it in a magazine. I think that um, the faculty we work with have to have an understanding that their, their position makes them an expert. They don't have to be correct when they're giving predictions. They just have to have a well-informed opinion. They don't have to have stats and data and evidence to back up everything they say. The fact that they've researched a topic for 30 years or they've worked in industry for 10 years gives them enough authority to be able to, to make a prediction or to suggest a scenario that may happen without having to have all the backing, you know, without having to refer to six or seven different research papers to, to back up their point. The academic world and the world of media are very different. So this has been a fantastic first episode for our season two of the Blue Sky Education Thinking podcast. We've talked all about 
the age of the expert and we're going to be looking at some more topics in the next episode and onwards for this season. We'll be looking at raising a dean's profile. We'll be talking to high profile deans about what the future of business education might look like. So keep listening to our other episodes. This has been the Blue Sky Education Thinking Podcast. Thanks for listening. For more information and resources, please visit our website, www.bluesky-pr.com.